COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease include fever, cough, and sharpness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you're experiencing these symptoms and have come in contact with or in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you are currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. You can also find me on Twitter at ICSativaPod. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music Store, and more. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www dot patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. A special thanks to our current patrons and supporters. Shout out to friends of the show Reefer Revolution for supporting the podcast. Shout out to our new Patreon and friend of the show Gracie Gatto. Shout out also to Joy One Love 420, also a friend of the show and founder of Keystone State Reviews. Becoming a Patreon or financially supporting us through Anchor, Patreon, PayPal gets you perks like early episodes, exclusives, and, and shout outs at the beginning of every episode. We also have been recently syndicated by friend of the show, Russ Belfill, and will now be featured weekly on Radical Russ Radio right before his show from Monday, 7 a.m., Tuesday, 9 a.m., Wednesday, 11 a.m., Thursday, 1 p.m., and Friday, 3 p.m., all mountain times. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. Howdy, y'all. Dan Scotland here joining you from Legal Massachusetts, heartland of America. You can find me anywhere you find podcasts such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. You can find me on Instagram at underscore I am Cannabis Sativa. You can find me on Twitters at IC Sativa Pod, on Getter at IC Sativa Pod. And if you want to drop a few bucks to this podcast to help support the podcast, you can do so by going to Cash App. And my cash app is I am Canvas Sativa. Well, let's get to the episode. All right. So today's episode is going to be, it's going to build on what we've done in the past three parts. Um, the past three parts, the past three episodes, we've been talking about, you know, spotting shenanigans in cannabis. Um, not letting other causes jump the line 
as well as um as well as accessible and affordable cannabis of any kind for average chains and average shows. But it seems like there's a growing shift. No, there's a growing divide. Dare I say chasm or chasm within the cannabis community. It seems like it's been it's it's starting to become more divided between the OGs that care about the the cannabis community, that care about the average chain, the average show, they care about entrepreneurship, they care about you and me being able to start a cannabis business or us us like if I wanted to start an edible um a small edible company out of out of my out of my house and I had a big enough house and big enough land. If my edibles are good and they pass lab tests, it's fair game. Like that's the future we should all shoot for, where you know anyone, any anybody can sell could could sell and flip weed. You know, even even small home growers. You know, and the more land you have, the more you can probably the more you can flip and test and and and, and put in the supply chain. Instead of sanctioning these big multi-state operating cannabis companies, that again, I mean, these people probably only did it in college or high school. And now they see that this is gaining momentum and now they want to make money off it. Again, there are some OGs that have stayed with who they are and have stayed on message. But it just feels like there's a lot of OGs now that talk the big game of being grassroots, but will put out reefer madness and or and or talking points that are going to be detrimental to the collective grassroots. I'll explain further. Let's let's get to it. Okay, so I'm gonna read these two articles, but I'm not gonna read the whole of that one. Or let me do it this way. So th this is from the Nashville scene. Um, I've, I have good friends that 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 work there. Um, they put out a lot of good work, and I've read work from them before. So shout out to the Nashville scene. Keep putting out the good work. Um, again, I'm not gonna read this whole article because I think the title and I think like the first few sentences will kind of explain the point that's being made. So, uh, all right, let's do it. Okay, bill filed to tax regulate cannabis products, including Delta 8. I'll read that again. Bill filed to tax and regulate cannabis products, including Delta 8. This is what the pro-regulate people, this is what their, this is what their haphazard and reckless talking points is leading to. This, it's leading to entire bans in states. It's leading to lawmakers being like, oh, we need to regulate all the intoxicants. And put it behind our uh, our um, MSO paywall that we're that we're making cash off of, or that we're at least profiting off of. Like I've said before, um, again, I live in New England, and Maine is also a state that legalized recreational. And Maine, they had the governor when she, the governor had her inauguration covered by big marijuana. This is this you can look this up. This is in the Press Herald. The MSOs bankrolled her her inauguration, and she was pass and she was about to pass um, legislation to to shut down the caregivers and the small growers. But the grassroots of Maine and 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 big fighters like Dawson Julia and and uh, Susan Me and shout out to all of them. Shout out to all the Maine grassroots too. They've been holding the fort and they've been they they've been pushing back and yeeting these tyrannical changes. To, to cannabis reform they're trying to shut out the small grower the small farmer they're trying to shut out you and me from growing growing a little bit of weed and selling it for some money in our backyards they're trying to shut down the average day and average joe making a living 
They only want big, they only want these big MSOs to be the only game in town because they're proper, they're sanctioned. And 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 I I feel, and again, I have a suspicion that a lot of these cannabis OGs that are calling for more regulation, they're making money off, off the labs or off more regulation. Again, this is just a feeling. This is just a hunch. I'm not saying this is flat fact. But based off behavior, that's what I'm led to believe. Rep. Chris Hurt says he wants to legitimize the cannabis. Again, this is this is concern trolling incarnate. A Republican lawmaker is seeking to tax and regulate the existing cannabis industry in the state. Rep. Chris Hurt, Republican of Halls, filed House Bill 1690 this week. The bill seeks to regulate psychotro. Ooh, yeah. So it's going to include everything on this up. Delta 10. Um, Delta 8 THCV, which doesn't even really cause a high. It's like, like weed or all, like, like a lot of people say it. It's truly that. But anyway, um, let's, let's continue. The bill seeks to regulate psychotropic hemp can, cannabinoids, which include products that have more than 0.1% THC. So every, so pretty much anything besides isolates is wiped off the board. Current federal regulations limit THC to 0.3%. Again, you're going to put a lot of farmers out of work in Tennessee. Like, Tennessee is a very big player in hemp. Like, they, they, they're, they're, they're constantly one of the top states. Like, you're going to put a lot of farmers out of work if you, if you push this. It's, the regulations are going to be so onerous that only big marijuana can come and save the day. Like, this, this like 0.3%, that's, that's basically only isolates, pretty much. This is what the more, the more regulate people are, are. This is the consequence of their reckless rhetoric. You're having lawmakers in states literally proposing laws to, to, to make it so they're all sold at dispensaries or that they're all sold at these MSOs or that, or that these small farmers or that the regulations are written so these small farmers cannot follow them and then they get absorbed by big marijuana. Who's what, what small farmer that's doing farm to consumer is going to be able to have the resources to bring it down to point one? Again, that's a poison pill. And, and the pro-cannabis and, and pro people that are calling for more regulation, they're traitors, they're turncoats, and they need to be identified as, as they're, they're detrimental to the collective. All right, but let's, let's, let's continue. I'm going to, let's get to the meat of this here. All right, I'm going to read both of these. These are not really long. All right, so hemp, from Hemp Industry Daily. How the Delta 8 industry started and where it is headed. Written by Omar Sakribi. I'm not going to read the editor's note. When, when Harold Jarob told partners at Columbia River Cannabis in 2014 that he was leaving the licensed Washington State Marijuana Company to grow hemp in Tennessee, they thought he was crazy. He was not crazy. Tennessee is a gigantic player in hemp. They thought I'd lost my mind, Jarob recalled, and for a while it seemed as if they were right. Jarob launched Tennessee Homegrown in 2016 and tailed to build it into a well-respected manufacturer of hemp-derived CBD products. He invested in premium genetics, operated leanly, leanly, and most importantly, tested his products at a third-party lab before sending them to retailers. I think I follow him on, 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 um, on Facebook, and I think he follows us, too. Um, I, I mean, I like the work that I am. I'm, I like the work and I'm like, I'm liking just the energy that, that I get when I go to these, um, you know, Tennessee hemp uh, Facebook groups. I, I get to learn a lot more about other parts of the country and, you know, how they're getting this hemp to us. Like, I, 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 I just love that stuff. And I just love learning. About, 
again, that's that's the best part of doing this. We, uh, you know, we we talk about all fifty states, and again, I get to learn things about about the states that I didn't even know. So, again, Tennessee should not be slept on on their hemp. Their hemp is fire, and I've reviewed a lot of it. But let's keep going. He invested in premium genetics, operated leanly, and most importantly, tested his products at a third-party lab before sending it to retailers. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Most importantly, he tested his products at a third-party lab before sending them to retailers. The company was profitable but struggling to survive. Oh, sh- sh- oh, howdy, um, Stony Lunar. Yeah, my best friend lives in Tennessee. I, I'm, I'm kind of due to visit him. He, he, he's up in Nashville. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, the, like the hemp and like, um, the cost of living seems a lot cheaper than than here in Massachusetts. But, um, I, I do see some of the BS laws that a lot of the the, the Republicans there put out. So I don't know, like. I didn't know how big my appetite would be for living there, but the, the hemp that I, I've gotten from there has been rock solid. But yeah, let's, let's, let's keep going. Then in 2020, retailers started asking for Delta-8 THC. Jarob knew that Delta-8 occurred naturally in cannabis in minuscule amounts, but the plant did not produce enough Delta-8 for economically feasible harvest, so the request caught him by surprise. Nobody in the industry saw this coming two and a half years ago, MJ Business Magazine said. Told, okay, excuse me, labs didn't see it, processors didn't see it, store owners didn't see it. When his interest was piqued by the request, Jarob researched and found that Israeli cannabis scientist Rafia Mushalem had written in 2005 about converting CBD isolate to distillate into Delta 8 THC. At the time, both the hemp derivatives were extremely expensive, making the conversion to Delta 8 commercially unfeasible. Loophole turned damn break. That changed dramatically with the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill which pulled the rug from underneath CBD prices. When Congress passed the Farm Bill, hemp cultivators and processors were sitting on loads of CBD oil. Until then, it was hard to move in a marketplace limited by lack of federal clarity on CBD. The new regulations damned that supply with CBD distillate unleashed along a new wave of entrepreneurs looking to enter the industry. Jarob said that CBD prices dropped by 25, dropped from 25,000 per kilogram to as little as 500 after the farm bill's passage. Suddenly converting CBD into Delta A was economically feasible. One of the reasons this isn't, didn't happen earlier because anytime you have to do a conversion, it is an added, added expense. When CBD prices went through the floor, the raw material became very cheap, Jarob said. Previously, the barrier to doing this had been cost, and now that cost barrier was gone, end quote. In, its, in, his effort to legalize, in its effort to legalize and regulate hemp-derived CBD, the 2018 Farm Bill stated that any cannabinoid, let's read that again, in its effort to legalize and regulate hemp-derived CBD, the 2018 Farm Bill said or stated that any cannabinoid derived from hemp as as defined or defined as cannabis containing less than 0.3% delta 9 THC was a legal product it's fair game if it's under 0.3% delta 9 everybody else can pound sand prohibitionists can pound sand the federal the 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 the, the 2018 farm bill directly says that it that delta 8 is fair game it directly says that 
Yet, by specifying Delta 9, the bill's author unwillingly left other cannabinoids outside the realm of regulation. Unintended consequences. Unfortunately, nobody that was dealing with regulation knew what Delta 8 was. We were all familiar with Delta 9 and the Farm Bill was written so that hemp was defined as less than 0.3 Delta 9 THC. Jonathan Miller, an attorney with the U.S. Hemp Roundtable who helped draft the bill, folks were innovative and have been able to take advantage of a loophole because the legislation doesn't ban Delta 8. It only bells Delta 9 over a certain amount. And we got to keep it that way. The news was music to the ears of hemp executives such as Jabreau, who suddenly had a huge stockpiles of CBD with diminishing value. Again, American ingenuity. These 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 innovators are like, hey, you know, we can turn this into Delta Eight, and 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 we can make profit. We can provide value and and cannabinoids that people need and, and for various illnesses. We can provide that on the cheap now that these these prices are, are falling. We don't have to just sit on stockpiles of of, of CBD that we've harvested in in the South and the Midwest. You know, we can put this to use to to, to Delta Eight or HHC or THCO. Which they've been doing, which these chemists, which these farmers and these um, these hemp businesses have been doing to perfection. And they've been doing it with, with good self-policing. Jerob soon developed his own process for converting CBD into Delta-8. Did several trial runs to dial in his formulations and hired a third-party lab to test the products. We had store owners asking us for product. It's that simple. You've got stars calling you saying, look, if you put this product under your label, we could sell it because people trust your brand. Well, that's how we got to, into it, Jerome explained. Now Tennessee Homegrown is thriving, and Jerome gives much of the credit to his Delta 8 pivot. Maybe it's no longer the season for hemp as we know it, Jerome wrote in a September 21 blog post. The world has changed, and we had to adapt or die. Other side of the coin. Uh-oh, this is where this is where the snakes are going to come out, and I'm going to really have to emphasize this. These people are, are detrimental to your movement. They're detrimental to the grassroots. They're, like, this feels like... this. What we're about to read is about... feels like a person that's saying, oh, we're just doing it because we care about, about safety and regulation. But on the slide, maybe I can get a bag off this. Like, the way this is phrased makes me see, feel like this OG person that is saying this, is doing this from a self-interested position. So hold on. Other side of the coin. While Delta 8's popularity is boosting the bottom lines of hemp farmers and CBD hemp companies, it is causing worries among traditional marijuana cultivators and retailers, as well as regulators and lawmakers. Here's the cap right now. Here's where we need to stop the cap. Any cannabinoid that can cause impairment should be regulated like Delta 9 until we know more about it, said Morgan Fox, a former spokesperson of the, you know, let me explain why she's a former spokesperson. She does not represent the grassroots. That's a, that's a snake answer. That's a, I, that's a, we need to put this in dispensary so I can make cash off it. That's that kind of answer. Any cannabinoid that can cause impairment should be regulated like Delta 9 until we know more about it. That's prohibitionist talk. Let's, let's go back to this about what the farm bill said, what, what the farm bill that, that, that Trump signed. In its effort to legalize and regulate hemp-derived CBD, the 2018 farm bill stated that any cannabinoid derived from hemp derived as cannabis containing less than 0.3% Delta 9 TAC was a legal product, period, point blank. These are snakes and these are turncoats and you need to recognize them as such. In the meantime, I think states as well as the federal government really need to start exp ex 
thinking about ways in which to try to bring novel and minor can- cannabinoids to regulated market, i.e. sell it at MSO dispensaries at 40 a gram instead of directly from the farmer from Kentucky or Tennessee or Wisconsin, directly from, instead of directly from the farmer, two bucks a gram. Now you're paying Cure Leaf or True Leaf 40 bucks a gram now. And she's making money off it. Again, this is just belief. I'm, it's not gospel. In the meantime, I think states as well as the federal government really need to start thinking about ways in which to bring novel and minor cannabinoids into the regulated market in a way that protects consumer safety, but also respects the huge burdens that licensed cannabis producers have faced and make sure that they're not being cut out, end quote. Jim Mexico, CEO of Washington State Extraction Company, Flow Technology, said safety is his number one concern about Delta 8 THC. He would like to see Delta 8 regulated like Delta 9, and that includes third-party testing. When it comes to consumer safety, at least some regulation should be required around the QC quality control standards, Masco said. Pesticide testing, residual solvent testing, potency testing, mycotoxins. That would be a good place to start. Okay, Jay Masco is, is speaking common sense. We all want these regulations to, to have safe products. I'm in my 30s. I, I can't take the same abuse to my body that I was able to take as a young 20-something. You know, hangovers are brutal now in my 30s. Um, I, I can't take the same abuse. I can't take, I can't take gambles an unsafe product. But I do get the need for regulation. I do get the need for safety. But I don't, I don't want, I didn't want this need for safety to, to then evolve into this being banned from, from farmers being able to sell farm, farm to consumer and then those people being bought out by these MSOs that can, that can, that can meet these onerous regulations. And then instead of, the far, instead of farmers in, in Tennessee, Kentucky, you know, Illinois, Wisconsin, um, Oregon, instead of them selling directly to you, you're going to be buying from Curaleaf. You're going to be buying from Rise. You're going to be buying from Truly. You're going to be buying from MedMen. And, and these, these, these full grassroots people, they're going to make the bag, and we're going to suffer in, in addition to the inflation we already have now. They're not looking out for you. They really aren't. All right, I'm not going to read this whole article because I don't want to slam you with articles. I'm just going to read the parts I found, I found concerning. And there's a lot of overlap with, with, with this. Too. A lot of the same people are interviewed. But again, I'm just going to focus on key parts in this. All right. Okay. All right. I'm going to read these paragraphs. I think these are wicked important. When you are able to put a product on the shelf that doesn't have very much regu- Again, this is, this is Mar- Morgan Fox. He's, he's faux grassroots and does not care about you and me suffering inflation. I, I can't shoulder a $40 gram of, of, of Delta 8 under the guise of safety. I would just go, I would just allegedly go to the black market and, and, and tell these mofos to kick rocks. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to vote in my feet and, and give them the, give them the bird. That's, 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 that's the only proper response to, to price gouging and big cannabis shenanigan and, and snakes in the grass. That's the only proper response. When you are able to put a product on the shelf that doesn't have very much regulatory oversight, that trickles down to safety and efficacy of the product, Masco said. You're going to get cases where less than scrupulous manufacturers are creating products with very little concern for what's in them. Fox agreed. The real problem is not necessarily the substance itself, but how it's being produced. So again, what Masco said, like he said in the other thing, again, this is not crazy stuff. But the cap begins with, with Morgan Fox when she's talking about 
about it being problematic or whatever and all these un unregulated labs. Again, these are probably, these are probably, again, I mean, I, I know people in the STEM field. Like, the STEM field is hard work. Some people in the STEM field want to create their own labs instead of working for, instead of working under, under the tutelage of a lab. Some people want to create their own. Some people want to start their own business. Why should, why should we shut that down so that your buddies can make a bag or so that, so, so, and so that big marijuana and, 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 and corporate cannabis can make a bag? Why should we do that? Why should we do that at the, at, at the detriment of the collective? Why? Again, this is some sense here in this sentence. So in Louisiana, where New Orleans-based CBD and Delta 8 company Crescent Canna operates, third-party testing is mandatory. I'll read that again. In Louisiana, where New Orleans-based CBD and Delta 8 company Crescent Canna operates, third-party lab testing is mandatory. It is something that David Reich, the company chief operating officer, said is important. Again, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on this problematic stuff right now. So Fox agreed. The real problem is not necessarily the substance itself, but how it's produced. The fact that it's being made almost entirely in unregistered, unregulated labs is really problematic. My buddies are not getting the bag. The, the wrong kinds of people are making a profit. The icky, the icky unwashed masses, the icky f redneck farmers in, in, in Tennessee are making a bag. And, and us snooty coastal elites in the East Coast aren't, or, or the West Coast. We're not making a bag. Those Tennesseans, those rednecks, they're making a bag. The wrong kinds of people are making money off these labs. On STEM entrepreneurs that don't want to work under the man are creating their own labs and they're they're doing something fulfilling in making safe cannabis products. Yeah, we want to shut that down under the guise of safety. Get the F out of town. From a production standpoint, I have to imagine it's more cost effective to extract Delta 98C from cannabis bracts than is extract from hemp and then put it through massive chemical changes in order to get a new product fox said it's only competitive now because the people that are making it don't have to see this is snitch this is snitch talk and again what a friend of the show i believe daily dope show was warning me about her and warning me about her shenanigans so again one of my mentors was warning me that she, that she was that she was on the cap and and he, and he was on the money fox said it is only competitive now because the people that are making it don't have to deal with the same regulatory burdens that are being licensed and legally produce, producing Delta 9 to do. Again, wrong kinds of people are making money. My people are not making a, a, a bag. My people are not making cash off this. The wrong kinds of people are making money. That's, that's my issue. Again, this harmony, this harmony is going to fold it into these overpriced dispensaries. All right. Enough from me. I can be found anywhere you find podcasts such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. You can find me on Instagram at underscore I am Cannabis Sativa. You can find me on Instagram at underscore I am Cannabis Sativa, on Getter at IC Sativa Pod, on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod. If you want to drop this podcast some cash, we're on Cash App at I am Cannabis Sativa. Peace out, ciao, and stay medicated, my friends. Go Bengals. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to https 
colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have a five dollar and above tier if you are feeling extra generous additionally if you wish to get in contact with us you can leave a voice message on anchor and you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we yes we've got a discord channel and that discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash 65TG2NR. Again, that is HTTPS colon slash slash discord dot GG slash 65TG2NR. Feel free to check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp based products. You can check them out by the link HTTPS colon slash BIT dot LY slash 33FKRV9. And you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts, such, such as Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, 15% sign off CBD. And that applies to the entire store. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao.